Today's episode of Off The Block Swimming Podcast is proudly brought to you, as always, by ProSwim Workouts. Nico and the team at ProSwim Workouts have been supporters of the podcast from day one and continue to support the show and the coaching community more broadly with their platform, ProSwimWorkouts.com. Head over to the website right now and become a member to receive all the exclusive content, whether it's programming, in and out of the water, thought-provoking articles, or even just sharing of ideas. It is a one-stop shop. And for all those just looking to browse, head over to ProSwimWorkouts.com to find free workouts, podcast tips, jobs available, and so much more. So what are you waiting for? I'll say it one more time. Head over to ProSwimWorkouts.com right now and let Nico know that Off The Block sent you. Australia in four, the United States in five. Off, Mackenzie at the bottom, Stubbins above her, Schlanger in sixth, then to the yellow lane, Henry. Queen start, Newell's got into the water quickly, but so did Joyce. Bushult of Germany was away well. They'll go to the wall all together, pick that one. Bloomer in back ahead of Manuel and Herisch Amenya. What a shot, Peterson stumps her authority on another 200 breaststroke. Now Henry is starting to come out now. Henry's throwing Linden down. Linden and Henry. Henry and Linden. They hit it. Jody Henry of Australia shading. Jenny Thompson has taken the lead here. The Australians have only won this race once. It was with Dawn Fraser in 1956. Henry's moving away. She's going to win it for Australia. This has been a remarkable last leg. Jody Henry is going to bring Australia home for what will be yes. a victory. <laughs> Welcome back once again to the Shannon Rollison podcast for another week. Uh, we've got a very special two episodes coming your way, which I'll introduce in a moment. But to start with, the man the podcast is named after, Mr. Shannon Rollison. Shannon, how are you, mate? Yeah, good, Robbie. Yourself? And I'm, I'm good. I'm excited. Um, I'm excited to, to talk about the topic because this is, uh, I think, something that people were very excited about last time when we did a bit of a history of the Australian Swimming Championships and people like to, to look back. And especially the man I'm about to introduce has some very interesting facts that, you know, maybe it rejogs people's memories sometimes and people go, oh, yeah, I remember that. Or sometimes it, it comes out of nowhere that where you're getting information like, really, that happened? So Mr. David Clark, sports swimming statistician, um, who joined us, as I said last time, for the um, swim at the History of Australians Championships. David, how are you, mate? Very good, thanks, Robbie. How are you? Yeah, good. I'm excited. As I said, um, we're, we're doing for everyone, obviously, you've clicked on this episode, so you can see from the title, it is a history of the World Swimming Championships. I repeat, World Swimming Championships. We're not um, going over the whole aquatics and water polo and diving and synchronised swimming. We're not covering the, the whole gamut of it, but the Swimming Championships portion. Uh, and there, there's so many things to go through. We actually decided to make this a two-parter. So um, this week and then obviously next week. So today we're going to go through the initial stages of, of the Australia, uh, sorry, the World Swimming Championships, long course, of course, from 1973 through to 2003, which Shannon and I obviously covered last week in Barcelona and then um, 
you know, part two is from 2005 onwards. Um, as we get started and we're going to get straight into it, normally for the listeners, we do have a bit of a chat about grass and football and how's life going and how's your kids and all that sort of stuff. And it's great stuff. It is, Shannon. We, we, the people do appreciate that. But we do have such, um, you know, so much stuff to cover today that we are just going to dive straight into it. And I guess, David, I just want to bring you into it first with, with the initial um, concept of, of the World Championships. Um, I think it was proposed in 1965. How did all that come about? Yeah, yeah, that, that's, that, that's exa- exactly right, Robin. Yeah, so, um, yeah, keen uh, followers of Australian swimming uh, will recognise the name Bill Burge Phillips. Uh, and he um, he was the president of FINA, which is the International um, uh, Swimming uh, Federation. Um, he was president from 1964 to 1968. Uh, and he... Um, he was a president of Australian swimming and, and ruled Australian swimming with an iron fist. And uh, he was responsible, in fact, for banning Dawn Fraser from the sport for four years, uh, following her indiscretions at the uh, the Tokyo Olympics back in um, back in 1964. But he originally proposed the idea of the World Championships in 1965. Um, but there was sort of really little interest from uh, from any anybody to host it, and. Uh, so um, uh, until 1970, that was um, when a tender from um, uh, from Belgrade, which is the capital of Yugoslavia, um, was received. Uh, uh, but those um, uh, the, the championships were originally going to be held every two years, starting in 1971. Uh, but some European nations were concerned that uh, it was going to conflict with the, the European championships, which had been going for many years. Um, and, and Belgrade initially sort of failed to follow up on their on their offer at, at the end of 1971. Another bid was received from Vancouver, uh, and so it looked as though the first World Championships were actually going to be held in Canada. But uh, at the last minute, Yugoslavia made uh, made firm on uh, their commitment, and so in uh, in September 1973, um, they hosted the first World Championships. And um, yeah, so so. Um, yeah, 428 swimmers from 46 nations. Um, uh, the meet was dominated by two countries, the, the USA uh, and East Germany, who won 22 out of those uh, of the 29 gold medals in the pool. Um, uh, American freestyler Jim Montgomery was the star of the meet. Um, he won five, uh, five gold medals at that meet. Um, uh, there were 18 world records uh, were set, nine of them by, by East German, uh, the East German women, uh, but sort of any amazement over their um, their times has since been dispelled, uh, as it was proven they were achieved with the, the help of anabolic steroids. So just a year earlier, the East German women had won only five medals uh, at the Munich Olympics. Um, in Belgrade, they won 12 gold medals, so it was quite a dramatic shift uh, in in that um, in the in the over the space of that 12 months and. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and so, of course, that was sort of the beginning of, of, of uh, you know, a dark period in, in world sport, which lasted until the, the fall of the Berlin Wall. Um, uh, so Australia sent a team of 22 swimmers. Um, uh, 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 we won five medals, all won by our men. Um, the, the lack of success by our women was partly due to the absence of Shane Gould. Uh, as you know, she'd won five medals, three gold in Munich uh, a year earlier, but uh, she decided to, uh, to retire just before uh, Belgrade. She'd actually been selected. Um, so her only gold medal was uh, was won by Stephen Holland, 
Um, and he produced sort of one of the most awe-inspiring uh, swims, I think, that has ever happened at the World Championships. Um, now, Shannon, I know you love a good nickname. Um, do you remember Stephen Holland's nickname? Superfish. Superfish, indeed he was. That's exactly right, yeah. So I'll come to a few, uh, I'll come to a few more nicknames uh, later. And, of course, he was coached uh, by, the, by the legendary uh, Laurie Lawrence, uh, but he had he only had one um, uh, one event, which was the men's um, uh, fifteen hundred metres freestyle on the last day of the championships. Uh, it was an absolute thriller between him and uh, Rick Demont, the US swimmer. Um, uh, uh, Holland sort of uh, moved to lead the five hundred metre mark, set a world record at the eight hundred metre mark. So partway through the races, he breaks the world record for the eight hundred metres freestyle. Uh, he wins the race in uh, fifteen minutes. 31 uh, seconds, uh, another world record. Um, however, at the 1500 metre mark, uh, Holland and Mont tumble and they and they keep on swimming at nearly identical pace. Uh, so, so DeMont finishes at 1600 metres um, uh, and while coaches and teammates pull uh, um, Holland out of the water at 1650 metres. So he's done an extra three laps. So, <laughs> so, um, he said he never. He said he never heard the bell uh, uh, for the final lap because the crowd was going wild, egging him on to the world record. Yeah. Uh, so that was quite a remarkable swim. Um, he was only fifteen years old, Stephen Holland, at the time, and, and so he would remain the youngest male gold medalist at the World Championships until you know, Ian Thorpe, um, in, in, you know, came along in Perth in, in nineteen ninety eight. In fact, Thorpe was only six days younger than. Yeah. Than, than Stephen Holland. So, um, so yeah, it's quite a remarkable record. Um, another great race was the rematch between Brad Cooper and Rick DeMont again um, uh, in the 400-metre freestyle because uh, a year earlier in Munich, uh, Cooper had finished second behind DeMont in the 400 freestyle, but um, DeMont was later disqualified because um, he, was, he tested positive to a banned asthma medication um, uh, that the team doctors had failed to... Um, Get approval for so that elevated Brad Cooper to the Olympic gold medal. But in Belgrade, uh, you know, Demont um, uh, Demont uh, kept the gold this time. He, oh, he won it. Um, uh, and in fact, he, he swam that. He was the Demont was the first to swim the four men's four hundred meter freestyle in under four minutes. Three fifty eight eighteen is 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 what he went. And it, it's actually interesting to compare the times from that first World Championships with the. The women's times, you know, from Budapest last year. Um, so yeah, Demont three fifty eight eighteen last year. Katie Ledecky in the women's four hundred freestyle went three fifty eight fifteen. So so uh, you know, Holland went fifteen minutes thirty one in the fifteen hundred meter freestyle, and Katie Ledecky went fifteen minutes thirty. So um, so the women's times are very similar to the the women's times now are very similar to the men's times back in. Um, uh, back in 73. So, um, yeah, so that was the first World Championships. Uh, one other interesting piece of trivia uh, about those first World Champs is they uh, featured the first widespread use of swimming goggles. Um, uh, uh, yeah, so um, a British breaststroker, David Wilkie, had been the first to to use them a few years ago. Uh, sorry, a few years uh, previously to that, but um, and a handful of swimmers used them in, at the Munich Olympics, but... Uh, but Belgrade is where you where you, you saw just about every swimmer using goggles. Isn't that interesting? Considering now, like it wouldn't even be thought of that there'd be you know oh putting goggles on that look. So 
back then, yeah, as you said, it was, it was such a shift. Shannon, do you remember, I mean, you would have still only been young around this time. Yeah, I remember reading about Belgrade because I um, just reading swimming books by Doc Councilman and David Heller, uh, his book on swimming and stuff. And I knew the story about uh, Stephen Holland going further than 1500 and breaking the world record with his feet. Um, I didn't realise that was goggles was was in 73, but I do remember training without goggles in, in the uh, in the 70s. So. Oh, your eyes just stung, you know, and some days were worse than others because they just chlorinated the pool. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's, it's quite interesting because I think the um, the first um, female that crossed the English Channel, which was way back in the 1920s, uh, she, she actually wore goggles crossing the channel. So, you know, the concept of, of swimming goggles uh, had been around for a long time. But, I mean, if you look at the, um, the coverage of the Munich Olympics the year before and, and Shane Gould, uh, she's winning uh, all those medals without goggles. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so quite, yeah, quite amazing. It's interesting too, just going back in the history of swimming, for those who don't know, with the, the East Germans, Shannon, and obviously, um, you know, as, as we spoke about what was then later um, changed, um, I think it continues on again in 1975, David and Callie, doesn't it, in terms of the East Germans sort of dominating yeah, yeah. women? Yeah, yeah, ab ab absolutely it does. Um, yeah, so so this time um, uh, the um, yeah the East German women, uh, you know, dominated again. They only had an average age of, of 15 years old, so they're very, very young. Um, uh, Cornelia Ender uh, was the um, named outstanding swimmer of the meet. Um, after defending her 100-metre freestyle and 100-metre butterfly titles, both in world records. Um, but, yeah, it was, it, it, you know, with that uh, a dominance in Cali, which was where the second world championships were held in, in, in Colombia, um, yeah, it's, um, you know, what was unfolding was, was very clear. And, um, you know, when the US swimmer uh, Shirley Babishoff uh, cast doubt on the legitimacy of the East German results and said she believed that uh, steroid use was rampant in the sport. Um, she was dubbed Surly Shirley uh, by the press. So, you know, it really took a, a long time for, you know, people to, um, or for FINA in particular, to wake up uh, to what was going on. And of course, even in those days, they, they didn't, uh, you know, drug test every medalist. They only, you know, did them, uh, you know, drug tests were only, only random. So, um, so yes, it was quite a, a quite a, a blight on the sport. Um, but yeah, but but, but Carly was um, uh, Carly the second World Championships in 1975. Um, uh, Carly's altitude was, was over a thousand meters, so um, so that was expected to um, to hinder times uh, over over uh, the, um, the the longer distances. Um, uh, it, it fairly slim pickings for Australia at, at those second World Championships. We only sent. 13 swimmers and uh, won uh, one gold and two silver medals. Um, uh, the gold medal was won by Jenny Turrell um, in the uh, the women's 800 metre freestyle, and, and she also won uh, silver in the, the 400. Uh, and our only men's medal was won by by Mark Tonelli uh, in the men's 200 metre backstroke. So um, we didn't win another medal in that event until Mitch Larkin 40 years later in, in Kazan. Mm. Um, and 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 Tonelli, um, uh, it, it, I'm sure you recall, uh, uh, Shannon is uh, better known for swimming the butterfly leg, 
in Australia's famous four by one hundred meter medley Olympic uh, gold medal in in Moscow uh, in in nineteen eighty. So um, so yes, that was um, that were the second championships in in Cali in in Colombia in in South America. World champs in Colombia, eh? What mm. could go wrong? Oh, nice. <laughs> hey, uh, Shannon, I'm just interested with the. I'll keep myself out of trouble and not speak about any more about Colombia. What could go wrong? Um, in terms of Carly and the the altitude, is that something that um, you know has world champs been over recent years in terms of uh, countries and and venues with uh, varying sort of like you know um, outside things like that, like altitude or no, I mean, yeah, that, that would have definitely had an effect on performance. Um, you know, I've trained up at Threadbow many a time, um, and that's around 1,200, 1,300. And, uh, for, you know, as some sports scientists have said to me, for every 100 metres above sea level, it's uh, 1% harder. So Carly would have been, you know, if it was 1,000, it would have been 10% harder. So. Yeah, um, and just so obviously it was more over the distance. David mentioned there, you know, your shorter sprinter events might have been able to get away with it a little bit easier, but your distance events would have been a lot harder. Is that just purely because more time in the water, you know, as you said, sort of going uphill? Yeah, so um, at altitude, so you can get higher lactates. So it would have been, it still would have been more difficult, uh, even in the sprint events. Because the onset of lactate would have happened earlier because of the, you know, uh, reduced oxygen. Uh, kicking, uh, turn it back would have been an extremely hard race to have, to have done. Uh, mm. So, so yeah. So, and it's funny, um, I, I haven't really read much on, on those 75 worlds. So, whether it's because we only won three medals. Um, but, yeah, if, if you ask me where 75 was, I wouldn't have even been able to tell you. So, mm. Um, just quickly, David and Shannon, and both of you might be able to explain to me, just um, you know, purely just being the, <coughs> pardon me, the question guy here. Um, David, you mentioned 13 uh, athletes from Australia went. But back then, yep. was, was there was it a qualifying criteria to, to go over in terms of Swimming Australia? Were there people that probably could have gone, that coaches made decisions that we weren't going just the small team interests me. Was that yeah? So, yeah. Look, they were they were quite small teams. Um, uh, in a couple of years, but especially the ones coming up, the the uh, world championships are held uh, in the same year as the Commonwealth Games. Uh, uh, not in not in seventy three and, and, and seventy five, of course. Um, and so they really were uh, the priority. Um, interestingly, uh, just back to seventy three for a moment. So so like like they. Um, uh, like they do today in Australia, the the selection trials for the nineteen seventy three championships were held just four weeks before uh, Belgrade, uh, and so basically the swimmers, um, you know, as soon as the, the the trials had finished, they hopped on the plane and and headed to Europe for the championships. So um, you know they um, you know were held very uh, held very close. But yeah, I think it was mainly because um, the small teams were, were largely because uh, you know Commonwealth Games and other meets were sort of deemed uh, were deemed uh, more more important mm, yeah um 1978 david yep. west berlin um three years after so um the timing of that i'm, I'm not sure that obviously the years are starting to 
Yeah, yes, yeah, so they juggle about a bit. And, and after 78, they go on to a four-year cycle, which mm. um, lasts through until uh, 2001. Yeah. yeah, so 1978, West Berlin in, uh, in West Germany. Um, uh, 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 they was held in a, you know, the refurbished uh, pool that had been built for the 1936 Olympic Games. Um, uh, Americans uh, dominated the meet, uh, as, as they uh, did uh, for, for many years, have done for many years. Uh, 36 medals, including uh, 20 gold, um, uh, led by Tracy Hawkins, uh, who won five gold medals at that meet, uh, and um, and that that uh, that five gold medals uh, uh, wasn't equaled by any woman at a world championships until Libby Trickett uh, uh, in 2007. Um, so the Americans also won all five um, relays because there was no women's four by 200 metre freestyle. Uh, in those days, um, uh, but uh, despite virtually being on on home territory, the uh, the East German women experienced a surprising uh, dip in performances and won only just one event. Um, that's going to change back again at the next World Championship. But but yeah, I don't know what the reason was whether there was a, a sudden dip. But um, yeah, uh, the um, something to do uh, with the cycles. Yeah, it could have, it could have been. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, a weary Australian team uh, of just twelve swimmers arrived uh, straight from the Commonwealth Games in, um, which had been held in Edmonton in in Canada, uh, meaning they had to peak twice in just a few weeks for um, you know two very big meets. Um, no problem for Tracy Wickham, um, uh, who proved she was the world's best free, uh, female distance freestyler. Uh, she set a new world record in the 400-metre freestyle um, uh, and she also won the 800-metre freestyle and those were Australia's only two medals uh, from 1978. Uh, but the interesting thing about her 400-metre freestyle world record, which was um, uh, uh, 4.06.28, uh, which is a time that would hold you in very good stead today, I've got to say, um, so, so that world record stood for nine years until broken by Janet Evans in 1987. Uh, but it stood as a championship record until 2007, when it was broken by Law Manadu in in Melbourne. So, so that time would have won her every gold medal in that event until the Melbourne 2007 World Championship, which is which is quite extraordinary. And um, and uh, and Tracy Wickham's coach Bill Sweetenham. Um, Always regretted uh, not entering her in the in the two hundred meter freestyle because she almost certainly would have would have won that as well. Um, yes, and so um, yes, so that was uh, nineteen seventy eight uh, West Berlin, and and after that, um, Fina put the World Championships on a on a four year uh, four year cycle. Mm. It's interesting, um, you know. Now that obviously I asked that question, it makes sense now because you you know we mentioned that pretty much straight after the Commonwealth Games, they're in the the world champs shannon just from a um obviously a competition perspective would that have made it a lot more difficult to get up again what, what did you say david four weeks after so have you got yeah it was games? just a, yeah yeah just just a, just a few weeks after yeah you got yeah, yeah so. com games and world champs what, what does that do for an athlete in terms of having to be up again oh yeah i mean probably depends on how you went at the first meet um i remember doing that that uh, in 2002 with the Commonwealth Games in Manchester and then the Pan Packs. Um, I'd have to go back. I think it was about seven, eight weeks later, something like that. So, um, yeah, so 
you know, if, if the main meet was the first one, then it's just happy days for the second. Uh, if your main meet was to win that world champs, then you probably got a bit more work to do as a coach and athlete, you know, uh, trying to get them back on track and things like that. Interesting. Um, yeah, that time, 406.28, if you had have asked me, I'll, I'll, it's one of those times that's just embedded in most people's heads of that era because they saw it so many times on, um, you know, in programs, whether you were at the World Championships or you were at the Queensland Championships. Uh, I think from memory too, she she did it from lane one or one or eight. Um, she was right in the outside. On the outside, okay. Yep, yep, yep. Um, and a two hundred time, Bill's probably right. I mean, she swam two double O back then, which was a very fast time um, for the two hundred free. So she, yeah, she not often talked about, but Tracy had a fair bit of speed. There's a famous story. How she won the Queensland Championships in a 58, beating Lisa Curry uh, in the early 80s. And um, the story goes, she just won it because she didn't like Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> so she had some speed um, back in the day. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. De- uh, well, yeah, as you said, definitely seems um, 406 is, is super quick. Um as you said, David, would definitely still hold up today. And that, that record, the championship record, as you said, lasted until 2007. Um, 1982, <laughs> Ecuador. I'm not going to take a stab at the, the city, so I'll let you do that, David, because I'm yeah, sure you're yeah, quite quick. Quite, quite <laughs> I think, is how you, how, you, how you pronounce it. Pretty much as, uh, uh, as it's written. Yeah, so they're the fourth world championships, 1982. Um, originally, it had been watered to Santa Clara in, in the USA. Uh, but I think uh, political squabbles sort of forced the organisers to uh, withdraw. Um, uh, and, in fact, it's interesting that the USA has still never hosted uh, the long course world championships. They, they held the short course world championships in Indianapolis in 2004, but they've still never held uh, the long course world championships, uh, uh, despite uh, being the most successful nation by, um, you know, by a huge margin. Um but, um, yeah, so after the U.S. withdrew, um, uh, two cities put their hand up, Montreal and uh, Guayaquil, um, and it wasn't until uh, April of that year, just four months before they were due to begin, that um, uh, Guayaquil um, uh, got, got the nod, a city of uh, a million people in, uh, in, uh, in Ecuador. Um, uh, and, um, yeah, so despite the rush to get ready, the, um, the facilities were, were very good. Uh, but it, uh, only a few hundred kilometres south of the, of the equator, the intense sun and lack of shade was uh, was a big problem for uh, the swimmers and official officials. But um, I mean, everybody would know Ecuador is not a strong swimming nation. Uh, so surprisingly, um, it's one. So not surprisingly, in fact, um, it, it's uh, one of the few host nations that uh, failed to win a single medal in the pool. Um, <laughs> but, but curiously, um, the Ecuadorian crowds remained completely silent for the duration of most races. <laughs> <laughs> so Stephen Holland would have had no no trouble hearing the bell lap. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So uh, so that was quite died too early. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so East Germany uh, reclaimed their, uh, their position at the top of the medal table. Um, their women claiming uh, ten out of the fourteen uh, events for women. 
uh, Petra Schneider was the uh, the star of the competition. Um, in the men's um, uh, men's competition, a Russian uh, Vladimir Salnikov. Uh, his nickname, he was the, the Leningrad locomotive. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he retained his 400-metre um, uh, freestyle and 1,500-metre freestyle titles, uh, while West Germany's Michael Gross um, uh, uh, first showed his champion qualities, uh, got two individual gold medals in the 203 and the 200 butterfly, uh, and he got a, also got a silver in the 100 fly. Um, so, again, small team for Australia. We only sent 11 swimmers uh, because the Commonwealth Games uh, in Brisbane were deemed uh, more important. And, in fact, they were only the month, a month later in Brisbane. Um, uh, Georgina Parks, Georgie Parks won Australia's only uh, medal in the pool. That was a silver in the 200-metre backstroke. Uh, you think a silver medal in the pool was a bad result for Australia? Uh, it's about to get worse. <laughs> the um, I, I, eighty two was yeah when I you know I was eleven. Um, no, I wasn't. I was nine. <laughs> uh, no, hang on. No, I was eleven. Yeah, I was 11. <laughs> yeah. So that was a, a big year for me. I um, I made my first little rep team uh, as a swimmer. Um, obviously, the Commonwealth Games was on. Mm, yep. I think you remember Georgina Parks winning that medal because she didn't go on to win the Commonwealth Games. Lisa Forrest was the star of backstroke. And Australia had some really good backstrokes at the time. So Lisa Forrest, Georgina Parks and Audrey Moore uh, from Tasmania. So, um, And they went one, two, three at the Commonwealth Games. But, um, you know, I was a big fan of Victor Davis and uh, mm. he broke the world record in Ecuador in the 200 breaststroke. Um, being the first man to break two fifteen, yeah, he, he broke a few other things. I think at the Melbourne, uh, sorry, at the Brisbane uh, Commonwealth Games, did he? Chairs, a, a few chairs <laughs> <laughs> in front of the Queen. In front um, of the Queen, <laughs> yeah. So, um, but uh, yeah, he, he broke Dave Wilkie's world record in the Turner Breast. Um, so, uh, and then yeah, as you say, Mikael Gross. Um, so some of those swimmers was really starting to come through, who were big names. Uh, in the future, and Vladimir Zelnikov, um, as you mentioned earlier, he was the first man to break 15 minutes. Yes, yes, he was. Yeah, yeah, yep, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, so that wasn't um, not a great success for Australia. I've got to say, um, Georgie Parks' silver was won by one behind an East German, so uh, you know, she almost certainly um, uh, deserves a, a gold medal for that effort, but um. Yeah, we only won one medal in uh, Guayaquil. Um, uh, as I said, it's about to get worse. Uh, Madrid in 1986, not a single medal in the pool uh, for Australia. Uh, so, um, yeah, 1986, um, uh, held in, the, in in Madrid, uh, yes. in, in capital of Spain, um, uh, fifth world championships. Uh, now, in Europe and America, um, uh, many pool complexes are called natatoriums. It's not a familiar uh, name here. The US Championships last week were held at the Indiana University uh, natatorium. Uh, but the venue uh, in uh, Madrid was uh, dubbed the vomitorium uh, by one of the coaches because illness swept through uh, many of the visiting teams uh, affecting uh, uh, a lot of performances. Um, uh, and, and the opening ceremony was actually held at a bullfighting ring. Oof. Uh, the Plaza del Toros, and um, 
So it was the largest bullfighting ring in Spain. Um, and when a bull uh, and a mounted picador entered the ring during the opening ceremony, uh, there were some very nervous glances from the spectators. Uh, uh, were the, uh, the World Aquatics Championships about to begin with the slaughter uh, of, of a bull? Um, but no, it turned out they were Velcro-tipped um, banderillas, which are the sticks used in, in bullfighting. Uh, which were harpooned on the bull's padded back. So, um, mm. so yeah, yes, a, a, a death was um, uh, it, it didn't actually occur at the opening. I've ceremony. been to some. I've been to a bullfight in Spain, <laughs> so I could imagine, and it was pretty. It was pretty sort of uh, confronting to see in front of your face, especially if you've never seen that sort of stuff. So I could imagine. David, yes, they would have been nervous, wondering what's about to happen. (laughs) Today's episode of Off the Block Swimming Podcast is proudly brought to you by our great sponsors, DMC Fins. DMC Fins are the best training fins in the business. Just have a look around in everybody's kit bag on pool deck, and there's a pair of DMC Fins in there. Swimmers, surfers, they're all using DMC fins as their choice of aquatic propulsion. Even superstar Cody Simpson is using DMC fins to help with his training towards Paris 2024. Head over to dmcfins.com.au right now for all the latest deals and discounts on fins as well as hand paddles and other training aids and use the promotion code off the blocks for a 10% discount. At checkout. Um, yeah, so in Madrid, three new events uh, are, are added to the program. Uh, men's and women's 50-metre freestyle uh, and the women's 4x200-metre freestyle. Uh, the, the addition of those events uh, did nothing to help Australia's performance, uh, all-time low. Not a, As I said, not a single medal in the pool. Uh, and most of the 15-member uh, team failed to um, equal or better their time to the Commonwealth Games, which had only been held a month earlier in, in Edinburgh. Um, however, um, our women's water polo team uh, 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 won gold, and that was the first time water, uh, women's water polo had been uh, had been added. So we did actually technically win a gold medal at those um, uh, world championships, just not in not in swimming. Um, uh, East Germany again uh, topped the medal table, thirty medals, uh, twenty four coming from their women. So very strong uh, performance by then. And um, how did uh, they Chris- do it? Kristen Otto um, uh, was um, uh, four gold and two silver in, in Madrid. Uh, and it's interesting, so that, yeah, I mean, despite the, the mounting evidence of these drug-fueled performances, um, there was an article about her achievements in Madrid in uh, Swimming World magazine after the championships, and it ran under the headline, Kristen Otto, the natural. <laughs> So, um, yeah, and of course, two years later at the Seoul Olympics, um, she won six gold medals. Um, yeah, so as I said, no, no medals for Australia in the pool, um, but notably it was uh, Duncan Armstrong's first international meet. Uh, he was sixth in the in the 200 freestyle. Um, and um, also at that meet, the, the next world championships were uh, awarded to Perth. So that was, uh, that was quite significant. Um, but yes, so uh, yeah, I'll, I'll just uh, end uh, Madrid '86 on a nice little piece of trivia. So the last race of the championships uh, was the men's four by one hundred meter medley, uh, and after the race, the four members of the West uh, West Germany silver medal winning team passed out cans of blown brow beer to their fellow competitors on pool deck from a shopping trolley. So they were pushing the shopping trolley 
hurling out cans of beer to everybody. See, there you go. You probably haven't seen that since. <laughs> All right. Now Neil Bullock was on the team. He would have loved it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he would have. Uh, um, I, I remember Duncan's performance, actually. Um, I think he went 150. Um, so uh, um, the uh, I, I, at the time... Um, you know, when I was saying I was reading all those swimming magazines and stuff like that, so yep. Swimming World. But it was 1986, I was in year 10, and I was on um, uh, my first work experience. I remember reading the article about how bad swimming was had been and Duncan was, you know, I think he was that, the only swimmer who swam a PB or something like that um, went faster than what he did at the Commonwealth Games, so... Yes, yeah, no, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was definitely a, a low point, um, a low point in Australian swing. But, um, but uh, you know, well, as I said, it was quite a small team, and uh, and uh, you know, a lot of, lot, lot of the swimmers and, and coaches got pretty crooked there. So, um, so uh, yes, yeah, so that was, um, that was uh, Madrid, nineteen eighty six. That was. I'm assuming Shannon uh, and David. Um, Given those results, in 1986, I was born that year, so it seems like it just was a disappointing year all round. Um, <laughs> 1991, when it's given to Perth, I'm assuming after those results, swimming in Australia, we've got a bit of a, a kick up the backside, or a, a let's let's get the ball rolling here. If we're going to be hosting a world champs, we want to get started. As I said, I was born that year, so I don't know anything in terms of it, but just reading from. And five years, so David, you'll have to explain to me why it's five years for the next one. But yeah, um, yeah. yeah. yes, I was. Uh, yeah, so it was actually held in January nineteen ninety one. So it would have. Uh, yes, I, I guess. Um, uh, you know, they wanted to. Um, uh, you know, they wanted to have it uh, in 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 summer. Um, uh, from the Australian uh, perspective. Uh, yeah. Um, but I mean that actually, you know, proved a bit of a benefit to Australia because the it was kind of out of uh, quite out of season for. Um, uh, yeah, for for the Europeans. Um, yeah, so it was held in held in Perth at the uh, uh, it was called the Superdrome Sports Complex in in those days. Uh, three uh, new outdoor uh, pools were constructed. Um, yeah, as I, as I said, it was a, um, uh, a big obstacle for the Northern Hemisphere nations. Um, was it was held in their winter, um, uh, and um, yeah, also there was it was quite windy uh, as well in the outdoor pool there. Um, open water swimming events were held for the first time in Perth and um, uh, from a men's and women's 25K uh, race. Um, the women's event was won by Shelley Taylor-Smith. Um, uh, the US uh, topped the medal count, um, sort of capitalising, I guess, mainly on the, the recent fall of the, the Berlin Wall and, and the collapse of the East German uh, program. Uh, and, of course, Germany competed as a unified uh, team uh, uh, for the um, for the first time and and finished second on the uh, on the on the medal table, um, but showing signs of things to come. The Chinese women uh, made a big impression at um, or their first big impression at a major swim meet, winning winning four gold medals. Uh, but probably the standout performance came from the Hungarians. They they set four world records. Um, they won eight medals, including five gold. Um, uh, despite bringing just 11 swimmers uh, to Perth. Um, 
But from an Australian uh, uh, perspective, um, and, and you, we mentioned a bit of a turnaround here, so uh, Don Talbot had been appointed uh, the national coach about 18 months before the championships. So it really sort of marked the resurgence uh, of Australian swimming uh, with a the team winning eight medals. Um, uh, and that was the most by a host nation um, at that time. Um, Hayley Lewis's win in the 200-metre freestyle uh, from lane eight and, and Lindley Frame, uh, she won the women's 100-metre breaststroke were Australia's first gold medals uh, at a world championships uh, since Tracy Wickham in 1978. Uh, and an unknown 17-year-old, uh, bloke called Kieran Perkins, uh, he narrowly lost to um, Germany's uh, Jörg Hoffmann in a, a terrific um, uh, race in the men's 1500-metre freestyle. So, so those were the, um, uh, yeah, that, that was the, you know, the, the, the big Australian uh, highlights. But um, Shannon, yeah, as, as I said, Don Talbot, you know, coming in 18 months earlier and, and you can start to see the results um, uh, on a, on a, at a world level at this World Championships. Yeah, so he was obviously brought in, you know, off the back of a, a poor um, 86. 87 was, would have been slim pickings as well. And then 88 Olympics, Don was still on the Canadian team. Right, okay, yeah. Yep. And really, uh, Laurie Lawrence's program saved Australia from a, a disastrous 88. So, um, but he, he came in and, and, yeah, really ruffled some feathers. I remember 1990 at the Tomoff Games, the older athletes were kicking off, you know, with all these rules that Don had been, you know, brought in and and there was a lot of coaches around at the time who, who were uh, not happy with, with, with what, you know, the rules that he was bringing in and the discipline that um, he brought to the team. But, um, yeah, from a, a relay success, I don't think from memory – we was we were there yet? Um, certainly not in the women. Um, the men might have been a li little bit stronger. Um, but I remember Lindley Frames uh, swim. She absolutely dominated the field in the hundred breaststroke. Did she win the two hundred as well? Uh, no, I think we only we only won um, we only won two gold medals. Um, so that was Haley and and Lindley. So so I don't know. She probably got another probably got a minor medal in the two hundred. Yeah. Mm. Two thirty for the China, but her her one hundred eight, I think it was one hundred eight one or one hundred eight oh, completely obliterated the rest of the field. Mm. Um, and Haley's swim from lane eight, it was a very very close race. I think that was one in about two minutes. Um, and then of course her son did it this year at the World Championship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's right. He did. And I think Haley even wanted to. Um, uh, I think. She wanted to opt out of the two hundred to concentrate. I think on the the two hundred IM. Um, yeah, two hundred three wouldn't have even rated as Haley's top four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but but I think uh, I think um, it was a, I think a coach, Joe King, said no, no, you you go and swim the two hundred. You got to do it. And um, yeah. yeah, she did it from did it from lane eight. It's only been done on a handful of occasions by individual swimmers at the World Championships. I think maybe on three or four occasions. Yeah. Been a, it's, it's been done a few times by the Americans in the relay because they swap out the B team who swim the heats for the A team who swim the final, and they come out, you know, so the B team scrapes in in lane eight, the A team uh, comes in in the final and wins the goal. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's a very rare occurrence in um, to win gold from uh, lane eight. Um, but I'll just finish um, the Perth 91 uh, world champs mentioning 
uh, one of my favourite acts of generosity uh, by any swimmer. So uh, US swimmer Melvin Stewart, he who won gold in the men's 200 butterfly in Perth, he always left tickets for Elvis Presley whenever he participated as a swim mate. Mm. <laughs> so good on you, good on you, Melvin. I wonder, I wonder if he's been to Forbes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, well, the Elvis Festival Parks, you mean? It, 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 oh, it's it, Parks, it, isn't it? Yeah, Parks, yeah, Parks in New South Wales has the annual. Has the annual uh, Elvis Elvis Festival, yeah. <laughs> yeah, my mum just tried to get tickets and she couldn't. So um, <laughs> maybe because Mel, uh, Melvin bought bought too many. Bought all Pardon me. Nineteen ninety four, David. In <clears throat> pardon. Melvin Stewart on swim swim. Uh, yes, he is. Yeah, yeah, he's on yeah. the he, he does swim swim. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. So he's, he's still reach there. out to Melvin, Melvin if he's uh, listening. <laughs> I'll try and reach out, see if we can get him on. Um, Nineteen ninety-four in Rome. Um, obviously, we, we've already discussed David, sort of um, East German, the, the women's team. Obviously, starting to you know, it's been sort of found out, and all these you know, the, it's changed, and the dynamics of swimming in, especially in the women's, uh, is changing. There now we're seeing the emergence of the Chinese women coming through, these young, big, strong Chinese women, but also in terms of swimming here in Australia, um, we're starting to see some big names coming through, David, that would go on to become, I, I would household names, Sam Riley, obviously Kieran Perkins takes off here as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yep. So, yeah, Rome, um, Rome 1994, um, held in the uh, Foro Italico pool, um, uh, which had been built for the uh, 1960 uh, Olympic Games, which were also held in Rome. Um, yes, uh, as, as you said, sudden emergence of the Chinese women um, uh, saw them take over where the East German uh, East Germans left off. They won 12 of the 16 uh, women's titles and set five of the 10 world records at the meet. Um, uh, every every swim from um, the dominant Chinese uh, fell under a cloud of suspicion. Uh, so they were under it a bit quicker this time. Um, <laughs> and um, a few weeks after the championships, uh, seven members of the team, including two of the world champions, uh, tested positive for drugs at, at the Asian Games in, in Hiroshima. Um, yeah, so the only exceptions to uh, the Chinese women's dominance in, in Rome um, was Australia's Samantha Riley, who took out both uh, breaststroke titles, um, uh, Janet Evans from America, who won the 800-metre freestyle, and uh, Germany's uh, Franziska Van Almsen, who won the 200-metre freestyle. So, um, so yeah, it was quite a, um, a, quite a dominant uh, uh, performance by the, the Chinese women. Um, uh, men's events uh, weren't, uh, 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 were sort of remained untouched by controversy. Kieran Perkins... Uh, set a world record in winning the men's 400 freestyle. Uh, he also won the 1500 as well. Uh, so they were the first gold medals for an Australian male swimmer um, since the first world championships back in Belgrade, since Stephen Holland. Mm. Um, uh, so that that was you know 21 years um, uh, 21 years earlier. Um, uh, Dan Kowalski won silver uh, behind Perkins in the 1500 meter freestyle. Uh, that was the first Australian one two uh, at a world championships. Uh, and, of course, that result uh, would be replicated two years later in, in Atlanta um, uh, in a very, very famous race. Um, 
uh, Alex Popoff uh, uh, won the um, uh, 50 metre, 100 metre freestyle double. So he was the reigning, uh, reigning Olympic champion. Um, and, you know, that was, you know, one of the other major international um, performances. Um, but, yeah, look, I mentioned uh, uh, German teenager uh, Franziska van Almsick a moment ago. So she was the Olympic silver medalist uh, in the 200-metre freestyle from Barcelona two years earlier. She uh, finished ninth fastest in the, in the, um, in the heats of the 200-metre uh, free, uh, freestyle. But she was elevated into the final uh, when her teammate, an eighth fastest, uh, Dagmar Haza, withdrew to, uh, due to illness. Okay. <laughs> so two days later, um, uh, the German officials confirmed they'd given Dagmar Haza two free airline tickets and two weeks accommodation to any destination in the world. <laughs> So that's not a bad incentive for uh, for pulling out of the final. <laughs> Was that? Did she win? She went on to win the gold medal, didn't she? From lane eight, and did she break the world record there? Ah, uh, I oh look, I I don't know off the top of my head, but um, yes, she um, yeah, yeah, she she did go on to um, uh, yeah, to 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 win the win win the gold. So it was uh, quite a remarkable, uh, quite a remarkable performance. Yeah, yeah, might have been the world record from memory mm. as well. What it was a. It, that world record stood for a very long time. It was one fifty six. Right. Yep. Yeah, and then yeah, Sam Riley completely dominated the women's breaststroke. I can remember Channel Seven had it, um, and I remember watching. It was probably the two hundred, and and I don't I don't think anyone was even in the the photo uh, shop at the end. <laughs> she just she went two twenty four. Um, if that was a world record as well from Sam. I know she had the world record in the 200 breaths um, and she went 107 in the 100 and then Kieran's 343 to win the four. Um, that was that a, a, that was just an amazing swim. And I remember the reaction of people in swimming at the time, you know, put it down in one of the best swims ever swum. Um, and, and they thought that world record would, would last a lifetime, um, but uh, probably didn't, didn't last as long as, is what people thought at the time, but, um, with Ian Thorpe coming along. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, and 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 um, yeah, yeah, and and I think later on uh, uh, Paul Bleederman too. So, but we'll get to him soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah. So ninety four, ninety eight. Um, we're back to Perth, um, in Western Australia for a, for a second. Uh, uh, world Championships, first city to host the World Championships twice, uh, largely because no other city had submitted a bid, I think. Um, uh, so swimming events were still, were held at the uh, at the same venue. This time it uh, was had been renamed Challenge Stadium, which I think is uh, what it's what it's called today. Um, now, and for the only uh, time in World Championship history, not a single world record uh, was set uh, in in the pool. Um, uh, so um, yeah, it, it's it never happened. Uh, it never happened before or, or since. Um, uh, Popov um, uh, won the fifty meter, hundred meter uh, double for the second uh, consecutive world championships. Uh, USA topped the medal table um, uh, twenty with twenty four medals. Australia wasn't that far behind with with twenty medals, uh, uh, including seven uh, gold. 
um, spearheaded uh, by 20-year-old uh, Michael Clinton uh, in Perth. So he entered seven events and won seven medals, uh, including four gold. Um, and uh, so that seven medals still stands as a record number of, of medals from Australia uh, at a World Championships. Um, uh, but, but look, no doubt the top performance of the meet was um, Ian Thorpe's victory in the 400 metres um, uh, freestyle. That came just three months after his, his 15th uh, birthday. Um, and he remains the youngest uh, men's world champion in history to this day. Um, uh, Grant Hackett also won the first of four consecutive men's uh, 1,500-metre freestyle uh, titles. Um, but, uh, yeah, look, again, uh, the action in the pool was almost overshadowed by the, the Chinese uh, drug scandal. Um, one of their swimmers was caught with uh, human growth hormones at Sydney Airport uh, on the way to Perth. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, four, four of them tested positive um, uh, to diuretics during the meet. Um, while others refused to be drug tested when officials arrived at their motel. They just said, no, we're not doing it. Um, so, um, so yeah, that, that actually sort of affected their performances. They actually um, showed quite a drop in the number of uh, medals. Um, uh, uh, they only won seven medals, down from 19 four years earlier in, in, um, in Rome. Um, but John Olson, um, uh, he was a member of the USA's um, gold medal-winning team um, in the uh, the men's four by one hundred metre freestyle in Perth, he, he quipped, uh, "We're just glad the Chinese women didn't enter the relay." <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, and, and look, the other the other um, <laughs> no, the other race, uh, race I was going to mention is um, yeah. So, um, uh, 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 Marcel Wuda uh, won uh, the uh, men's two hundred metre individual med uh, medley. I think he's quite a well-known uh, Dutch coach these days. Uh, but the silver medalist was a fellow called Xavier Marchand of France, and uh, he was the father of... Uh, he's the father of Leon Marchand, who um, I think is going to be one of the big uh, stars of the um, uh, of the Fukuoka uh, World yeah. Championship. So, um, yeah, so uh, like father, like son. Yeah. It's all in the breeding. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> I, I, I think you've got a... You've, you've got a, 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 a young... Uh, yeah, daughter yourself, haven't you, Shannon, coming coming through? Yeah, yeah, she's doing well. But, but um, for, unfortunately for her, her father wasn't uh, anywhere near. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I remember but, 1998, um, Shannon, obviously, and I think we've touched on it a few times. Uh, it's probably more so because this was the start of sort of my swimming fandom. Mm. Um, you know, especially the the commentary when Ian Thorpe won world champion at fifteen, and I think Michael Klim had a, a massive um, event there. Um, I think he was he was you know, swimming super fast. Um, I, I'm interested, Shannon, just from a swimming Australia perspective. It's only about you know, give or take ten years from when we won nothing at a world championships in 1986 to then go to twenty, as David just said, twenty medals. Um, and, and, you know, now we've got, you know, household names and, and it's all happening and swimming really starting to rise in popularity. What do you put that down to? Do we put it down to Don and the, and the vision and, the, and obviously driving behind the scenes with new goals and minds? I don't, I mean, it's, it seems like 10 years is a long time. It's not really if you're trying to shift and from zero to 20. And as I said, the popularity of the sport 
Um, there's obviously a shift behind the scenes. Yeah, well, there was this young coach uh, who had three uh, swimmers on that team called uh, Umwa. <laughs> <laughs> but um, needless to say, that wasn't the reason for the shift. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, 98, well, yeah, that was the first team, uh, first world championship long course team I put uh, swimmers on. And, Robbie, you might be surprised to know this. One of them was in the open water. Oh, there you go. You Christy do love Park. open. You do love an open water swimmer. Yeah, yeah. Well, Christy's actually. Um, I'm uh, reached out and we're, I'm sending her some uh, training sessions because she's doing magnetic island. Uh, it's. An, I think it's in a week or two. So. Oh, very nice. So yeah, so Christy was in the open water, and um, and then I had um, two other girls, Kate Godfrey and Angie Kennedy, in the in the four by one relay. Mm. Um. But yeah, well, you know, obviously you had Sydney Olympics coming, you know, and was it '94 that Sydney was? Sydney was awarded the games in in September 1993. '93, so yeah, so seven years ahead. Yep. Yeah, so you had five years of, um, you know, this momentum building for, for Sydney, and you had uh, a lot of money was getting thrown uh, at, at at swimming. Um, I remember being. You know, there was certainly a lot less after Sydney. Um, <laughs> it, it didn't it didn't fall out of the sky, but yeah. it certainly was less. Um, and some of the money for, for relays incentives was was huge. And you would have had Don pushing that because, um, as I said earlier, he was big on uh, relays, and relays really went from something that swimmers didn't want to participate in to uh, complete U turn and athletes you know, fighting to get into a relay. So um, um, so I think, you, you know, you were seeing the momentum shift um, and that's what an Olympic Games can do for a nation, you know, uh, when everyone starts um, building for it, you know. And, and there's already talk about 2032. We've still got two Olympics before that, you know, so. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. You can imagine what it was like. Mm. The winner is Sydney. That's right. Yeah. I do remember that. I didn't know it was 1993. That's interesting. I, I thought yeah, it was, no, yeah, it was a bit later. 93, yeah. So no, normally they, they 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 were, for many years, they were awarding uh, Olympics seven years out from the Games. That, that that all sort of shifted around with the allocation of the next two Games to um, uh, to Paris and Los Angeles. And of course, they awarded um, at Brisbane, um, I think it was 11 years out, uh, which mm. was just a remarkably long amount of time for a, for a city to organise the Olympics. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, funnily enough, <laughs> the next one we're going to talk about is back where uh, it is this year. So 2001, Fukuoka. Um, David, talk to me about some of the sort of interesting and, and sort of facts about this one. Obviously, we know, as we just talked about, it's off the back of the Sydney Olympics and the success for Australia that was. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, this was, um, it remains to this day, our most successful uh, world championships. Yeah, so Fukuoka 2001, um, a year after the Sydney Olympics, uh, first Asian city to host the, the world championships. Uh, and FINA had put the world championships from 2001 on a two-year roster. Uh, so, And that was the first of those. So um, so for the first time, uh, it included 50-metre 50, 50 events in breaststroke, backstroke and butterfly. 
Uh, they also added the men's eighteen. Uh, sorry, the men's fifth, men's eight hundred meter freestyle and the women's fifteen hundred meter freestyle. So uh, bringing the total number of events in the pool to forty. So twenty men's and twenty women's events. Um, yeah, faulty touch pads uh, from the timing uh, system caused a, a lot of controversy uh, throughout the eight days of competition. Um, the rate world records, um, all by um, all by men, including six uh, to Australia. Um, as I said, Australia's most successful uh, meet. We won thirteen gold medals to eclipse the US for the first and only time uh, at a major swim meet since the nineteen fifty six Melbourne Olympics. Um, 13 gold medals. It should have been 14, but I'll get to that in a moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, yeah, 13 gold medals. Uh, spearheaded by uh, Ian Thorpe, who was absolutely unstoppable at the meet. Uh, he was still a teenager. Uh, he claimed six gold medals. Um, let me just go through with you some of the Thorpe superlatives from that meet. Um, uh, he avenged his shock loss to uh, Peter Vanden Hoogen Van in the 200-metre freestyle at the Sydney Olympics a year earlier uh, by beating the, the Dutchman by more than a body length uh, uh, at world record 144.06. Uh, he became the first Australian to successfully defend uh, a world title, uh, which he did in the 400-metre freestyle. Um, he won the inaugural men's 800-metre freestyle in a world record, uh, 739.16. Now, that time would have won him silver in the men's 4x200-metre freestyle relay right, at the 1973 World Championships. <laughs> uh, and he would have that time would have won him gold at the 1975 World Championships in the 4x200 freestyle. So that would have been a sight to behold, wouldn't he? Thorpe, <laughs> race, racing a four-man uh, 4x200 metre freestyle team. Um, so his anchor leg in the men's uh, 4x100 metre freestyle was 47.87. Uh, so that helped um, Australia break the winning streak of the US, who had won the event at the last eight straight world championships, the men's 4x100 freestyle. Um, his split in the 4x200-metre freestyle uh, was the fastest in history, uh, 144.14. Um, and in the 4x100-metre freestyle, he mowed down the 100-metre um, the individual champion, Anthony Irvin, uh, and that was to win his sixth gold medal. Um, and uh, six gold medals at a world championships would... Uh, remain a record for a swimmer until Michael Phelps won seven uh, in in Melbourne in 2007. So that was quite a remarkable performance by Thorpe. Um, Brad Hackett smashed the 1,500-metre freestyle world record. Uh, He went under uh, 1,440 uh, for the first time. So that world record was 1,434.56. That uh, world record stood for 10 years. Um, It's still the Australian record. Um, but he was 24 seconds ahead of the silver medalist, Graham Smith. Um, so, yeah, that's, 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 that's quite, a, uh, quite a distance. Um, and we also uh, shut out the US in all three uh, men's relays for the only time. Um, uh, our women had a very successful meet as well. Uh, Patria Thomas won the, won the butterfly double. Um, Jean Rooney won the 200-metre freestyle, better known as Backstroker, 
uh, and we won the women's four by one medley for the first time. Um, so I said before it should have been 14 gold medals. <laughs> uh, that's because we, we touched first in the women's four by 200 metre freestyle. Um, but the other three members of the team jumped into the pool before the last team, which was Italy, uh, had finished. So, so they were disqualified. Um, and they actually found out about the disqualification while they were being interviewed on the pool deck after the race, celebrating their win. Um, and uh, so the US was also disqualified for a premature uh, changeover. So uh, that result left uh, Great Britain with the gold medal. Uh, and that was the country's first gold since 1975, since David Wilkin in 1975. Um, but later, the, the US were awarded uh, a shared uh, gold medal. Um, so, so um, yeah, both Great Britain and US um, had the gold. So I think they must have appealed their disqualification for the early changeover. Um, Hayley Lewis won a, a bronze in the 5K Open Water uh, at that World Championships as well. So she was the first swimmer to win uh, medals in both the pool and open water distances. She, as we talked about earlier, won um, uh, won medals at, at previous world championships, and um, and uh, yeah, in a in a sign of things to come, a, a sixteen year old um, teenager, Michael Phelps, uh, set a world record in the two hundred butterfly, uh, and that would be the first of his twenty six uh, world championship gold medals. He, he'd swum at the Sydney Olympics a year earlier as a fifteen year old and reached the final of the two hundred butterfly. I think he finished fifth in that final, but uh, but Fukuoka was his first uh, world championship gold medal. Didn't do yeah, too yeah. bad for himself, did he? Yeah, he was in many finals too, so you really saw someone on the rise there. Um, uh, he nearly missed that race in um, in Sydney, you know, David. So the the final, he, he was running late. He didn't have his accreditation, so I'd had Bob uh, Bowman on the podcast, so he, he told me this he did, so he, oh, no i didn't know that yeah, so yeah. He, yeah he had to run around and he, he couldn't find so there you go so for all the coaches who got 15 year olds out there just because he was michael phelps didn't mean that he didn't forget his accreditation or he couldn't find it anyway obviously he, he got in there and he still did a, a great job for a young 15 year old but um yeah he did he nearly missed that race yeah jolly good so um so yeah 2003 uh barcelona um, first time they held uh, the World Championships. Um, uh, held at the um, Palau St. Geordi, um, where a temporary, a temporary uh, pool had been constructed inside the uh, basketball stadium. I think you mentioned that on, um, on, on last week's um, uh, uh, podcast. Um, yeah, Phelps uh, wreaked absolute havoc uh, in 2003. Um, uh, 14 world records. Um, uh, Phelps uh, seemed to rewrite the record books every time he got wet. Um, he broke five individual world records, uh, the first swimmer to achieve the feat at one international meet. Um, uh, and he also became the first swimmer in history to break two world records in different strokes uh, on the same days when he wiped out the 100 butterfly and the 200 metre individual medley uh, world records in the space of uh, space 45 um Space of 45 minutes. So, yeah, Popov again, 2003, I think was, you know, one of his most remarkable uh, performances. Um, 
again, you mentioned that in the, the podcast last week, but um, he won the 50 100 metre freestyle double, um, uh, which was nine years after he won both titles at the Rome World Championships and seven years after um, the successful defence of both Olympic crowns in, um, in Atlanta, at the Atlanta Olympics. But just a month after that Atlanta Olympics, um, Popoff was, was stabbed in the stomach uh, during a dispute with a watermelon seller in, uh, in a Moscow street market. So you know, to come back from all that and, um, and win, those, um, win those titles in, in Barcelona was, um, was, was quite, um, quite remarkable. Um, we, um, it, look, we held our ground in the overall medal tally. Um, uh, our men won uh, six of Australia's gold medals. Uh, uh, Thorpe in the 400 free and Hackett uh, in the 1500 um, were both first swimmers to win three consecutive uh, world titles in the same individual event. Uh, Matt Welsh won the 50 butterfly and, and with, with another world record. Uh, our women's team missed, uh, missed gold, um, uh, but Liesl Jones did become um, the third Australian woman to break a world record at the World Champs when she um, lowered the 100-metre uh, breaststroke mark. That was in the semifinals. Um, uh, Jodie Henry uh, emerged uh, and onto the sprint freestyle scene uh, when she won silver in the in the hundred, um, and that was Australia's first medal in that event, um, and of course, four months later, she was um, uh, crowned Australia's uh, crowned Olympic champion. Um, uh, but just back to Thorpey uh, uh, for a moment. So he he won three gold, a silver, and a bronze. Uh, uh, he retained his two hundred meter and four hundred meter freestyle titles. Uh, also got gold in the 4 by 200 metre uh, relay. He won bronze in the 100 metre freestyle. Uh, here's a good trivia uh, question for you, Shannon. In what event did he win a silver medal? 200 IM. 200 IM, is it? <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yeah, nailed it. Absolutely. That was an yeah. easy one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, <laughs> you, you didn't, we didn't see uh, uh, Thorpey swim uh, IM very often. No. Uh, and uh, it, uh, just, I mean, just the notion of uh, seeing him swim, you know, breaststroke and butterfly, I think is. <laughs> well, he's been two double O for a 200 fly. So that, around about that time, uh, people on the team just thought, you know, Ian Thorpe could climb Mount Everest, you know. Mm. Like, um, so, but, yeah, I, I, I do remember that. So, <laughs> Shannon, was there ever any um, pressure, I guess, uh, put on himself and, Doug, I think he's still training with Doug at this time. I can't remember exactly. No, Tracy change. Menzies. Tracy no. now? Okay. I can't remember the changeover. It was around. Yeah, it was around. Changed in 02. 02, okay. Was there ever any pressure from the Australian swim team in terms of looking at um, medals and obviously success, given that Ian could potentially be fairly successful and win medals in, in a lot of different events? Was there ever any, obviously it didn't eventuate and, and whether, you know, cooler heads prevail, people thought differently, I'm not sure. But, yeah, just internally, was there ever any conversations, discussions, as we said, he just, he's just got a medal in the 200 IM of say, and you've just said he two double O in the 200 fly. Was there ever any considerations around that from the Australian team? Uh, not that I'm aware of. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, back in that sort of Olympiad, I, I wasn't, um, you know, consulted in too many things. So, 
uh, you know, too, I was the last to know about, you know, uh, some of the bad going-ons on the team. So, yeah, yeah there could have been, um, but I'm not aware. Mate, uh, Tomo, he, he would have known. Mm. Um, you could just imagine that temptation, couldn't you, though, if you're looking for medals, especially, as you said, coming up to Olympic mm. year, if you're looking for, I don't know, government gives financial incentives, I'm assuming, for more success that the Australian team gets, there would have been that sort of temptation to say, hey, uh, Thorpe, do you mind just, uh, you know, putting on that big seal suit on one more time just so we can get a couple of more medals here? Yes. So, um, the, the, the thing about that world champs was it was the first time we had a men's head coach and a women's head coach. Um, was it the fifty individuals? Did, was that the first time, David, or was it? No, no, they came. They they came in in Fukuoka uh, in in two thousand and one. Yeah. So this was, yeah, this was the second time the fifty individual um, uh, were were, um, were on the program. Um, but yeah, look, I'll just um, I'll just end uh, uh, at Barcelona two thousand and three on uh, on an interesting piece of trivia. Hit me, uh, Craig Stevens, uh, member of Australia's gold medal winning men's four by two hundred meter freestyle in um, in Barcelona. He remains the only swimmer from any nation uh, to win a world championship gold medal on his birthday. It was his ah. 20, 23rd birthday. Yeah. Well done, uh, uh, a dozen or so other swimmers have won medals on their birthday. Nobody's won gold except Craig Steve. <laughs> oh, now that, that, I would n- never have got that. <laughs> I'm going to have to but text that, him after this. Yeah, and, that and team, um, <laughs> there was a real changing of the guard within the team. Like the men still did well, but they were coming at, towards the end of their dominance and they'd been dominant since the late 90s. Um, and they were sort of ageing and the, the women were really coming through and um, that was, uh, I haven't got the medal count in front of me, David, you might, but um, the women were a lot, won a lot more medals than I won. Um, you know, the 4 by one women's team medals, uh, the 4 by 2 the medley relay, uh, in, the individ- in, the free, in the 50 metre events, I think you had... Right across the board, I think people won medals. Um, yeah, two in the 53 with uh, Alison Libby, Liesel in the breaststroke. I'm not sure about Brooke Hansen if she won a medal. Um, uh, women's backstroke. So had a, had a really good meet. And it was just a sign of, you know, the women's team that was on the rise um, and that would, you know, when we get to 05, um, the women's team is extremely dominant. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, as I said, I mean, we won six gold, none, none by the women, but, um, but yeah, 10, 10 silver, six bronze. So we won twenty-two medals at that, um, yeah. at that meet, which was, you know, certainly one of our one of one of our best performances um, in uh, in world championship history. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, guys, um, and for the listeners out there, we're doing this because uh, the world championships is coming up in just a few weeks, I think maybe two and a bit weeks now in Fukuoka. Uh, obviously, for anybody out there listening, you can watch that on uh, Nine's Wide World of Sports, uh, Nine Now, uh, live coverage from Sunday the 23rd of July through to Sunday the 30th of July. 
Um, I've always wanted to say Nine's Wide World of Sports. Just get me on there, someone. I love that. I love the, the old school, the Ken Sutcliffe, Shannon, you know, the old school Nine's Wide World of Sports. Yeah. Where the guy runs into the, the vault. Oh. <laughs> they still have that because I watch on Sunday. They, they still have the Sunday sports and they end it with that guy running into the vault. Oh, my God. Um, he's probably he's probably still winded. Um, but, yes, no, if you do want to watch, it is on nine now, um, as I said, um, live coverage from Sunday the 23rd of July through to Sunday the 30th of July. Um, and we're going to obviously come back again next week and talk uh, more um history and world swimming world championships from montreal uh, and beyond uh but boys thank you very much for for joining us this week as i said david it's always a pleasure mate because um for someone for you know for me obviously a lot of these things once you start getting to my uh in my wheelhouse i i know these things but quite often you've got me learning new things all the time which i love uh hopefully the listeners out there as well are, are really getting behind and picking up a bit of this. I think swimming in general, Shannon, and certainly here in Australia, could do a better job in terms of the history and, and looking back and, um, and obviously um, giving flowers to those champions who have come before them and broken ground. I know we, we see the groundbreakers now, but there were always swimmers and, uh, and coaches and, and people within the, the swimming industry that have done it before. Um, to show that it was possible. So, um, you know, always having David on, I love that sort of stuff because it, it keeps me learning, keeps my brain ticking. Um, David, so thank you very much for joining us once again. Looking forward to next week's as well. Absolute pleasure. Thank you uh, very much, Robbie. Thank you, Shannon. Yeah, thanks, David. Always great to hear uh, the nostalgic memories. So. Yeah, Shannon loves it. You can see, are you, for anyone, because obviously this is um, audio, so you know, you don't get to see this, but... Um, I can tell when David says certain things at peak Shannon's memories and you can just see the eyebrows rise. I mean, he starts to grin on his face. Oh, yeah, I remember that. So Shannon genuinely is, you know, sort of a swimming historian in terms of, um, you know, he used to read all the world swimming magazines and that sort of stuff. So he, he does genuinely love it. Uh, and as I said, for myself, David, it's just always learning new things and um, it's definitely um give food for thought and, and reminds you of things and as i said you know looking back in the history of swimming i think sometimes giving flowers to those who, who may have been forgotten over the time but uh these podcasts definitely keep them forefront of mind which is awesome uh to the listeners out there thank you very much for joining us once again have a great weekend uh enjoy the sun if it's out if it's not just enjoy your weekend anyway and we'll see you all again next week see you guys thanks everyone Today's episode of the podcast is proudly brought to you by Arena Australia. Arena are the very best swimming brand in the business, whether you're after the best race suits, racing training goggles, training aids, or even team gear for your clubs. Arena Australia are the way to go. If you don't believe me, just look up on the blocks at the finals of most events at either nationals or international events, and you'll see the Arena logo front and centre on the fastest swimmers' race suits. They just are the best. Head over to arenaswimming.com.au right now for all the latest sales and discounts, and let them know that Off the Block Swimming Podcast sent you. 